0: Missouri Congresswoman Cori Bush has some interesting ideas about the cops and the mass COVID hysteria continues from Democrats, despite indicators that the Florida wave may begin to wane very, very soon. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Don't let big tech track what you do. Anonymize your web browsing at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, here is your reminder. You are paying way too much on your cell phone bill right now. If you've got AT&T or T-Mobile or Verizon, you just are. Instead, you need to switch over to Pure Talk USA like thousands of my wise listeners already have. Pure Talk can save your family over $800 a year. It's the same great coverage because Pure Talk is on the exact same network as one of the big three, but at a fraction of the price. And switching is as easy as switching out your SIM card. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Plus, right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on the data, they're not going to charge you for it at all. If there's a reason, PureTalk is the highest-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs, why they are the preferred wireless partner of AMAC. So... How can you access this excellent service? Easy, from your cell phone. Dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. Save an additional 50% off your very first month. That is pound 250. Say my name, Ben Shapiro, to get started. Switch over to Pure Talk USA. You could be saving yourself hundreds of dollars a year and save an additional 50% off your very first month. Dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro to get started with my friends over at Pure Talk USA. All righty, so the left seems to be in a war with itself right now. And I'm very much rooting for the moderate left to win. I want moderate liberals to win the battle against the woke. And it seems like this is happening in terms of electoral politics, but oddly enough, it's not happening in terms of policy. And that's really quite strange, because the reality is that inside the Democratic Party, there are many, many more people who are sort of moderate than the, there are people who have heavy sympathies for the woke. Now, in elite circles, it's precisely the reverse. In elite circles, in the media particularly, in the halls of power, in institutions, there's a lot of sympathy for the woke. There are a lot of people out there who, who think of the woke as sort of the most dedicated to the cause. And so they're willing to give them all sorts of slack. They're willing to allow them all sorts of room to run. They're willing to defend them. Even when they say overtly stupid and bizarre things, they're willing to follow their policy lead. But the Democratic Party base is not aligned with this. They just are not. The latest indicator of that this week was this race in Ohio between Chantel Brown, a Democratic county counselor, fighting against Nina Turner, who is a former co-chair for Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign. In the 15th congressional district, which is a safely Republican seat around Columbus, energy industry lobbyist Mike Carey, meanwhile, prevailed over a crowded field boosted by former President Donald Trump's endorsements. There were a couple of uh, open primaries the other night. And um, they're kind of mixed results. On the GOP side, but the big result on the Democratic side was, of course, that there was this big infight that went on between Nina Turner, who, again, was that former co-chair for Bernie, and Chantel Brown. So it looked like Nina Turner was going to win that safe Democratic seat. And then the entire Democratic Party infrastructure said, wait, we don't need another member of the squad. We need somebody who's more aligned with the sort of Biden rhetoric who's more aligned with the middle of the Democratic Party. And so you saw James Clyburn intervene in exactly the same way he did in the presidential race. And then it turned out that Nina Turner got pretty much skunked by Chantel Brown. Now, this was a rejection of the squad. Make, make no mistake about this. Representative Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez had told voters during a July swing through the district to vote for Nina Turner. She said, please send me Nina. Brown, 45, had entered the race with local clout. Turner had name recognition from a career in Ohio politics and the two campaigns with Sanders. But Brown turned the campaign into a referendum on President Biden, reminding voters that Turner had criticized him and cast a protest vote against the 2020 Democratic platform. Brown was ahead of Turner by six points when the race was officially called. In a concession speech, Turner said the country had been through a a desert of despair, indifference, inequality, and racism. Tonight, my friends, we have looked across the promised land, but for this campaign, on this night, we will not cross the river. Again, the moderate candidate caught up to the radical candidate after James Clyburn endorsed her and after the Democratic majority for Israel's PAC ran ads warning that Turner could undermine the Democratic agenda. Brown's campaign emphasized support for Biden and said that Turner was simply too radical, and thus Turner went down to flaming defeat. And yet, strangely enough, again, in elite circles, there seems to be more sympathy for the Bernie Sanders wing of the party than for the traditional sort of Joe Biden wing of the party, which is why it's been very weird to watch the continued fealty to Cori Bush. So Cory Bush is this radical Missouri Congress person. She got her start being a Black Lives Matter activist, and then she's become this very loud adjunct member of the squad. She's a second wave member of the squad. The squad existed, and then she was recently elected to Congress, was Cory Bush. And of course, she made headlines this week when she camped out on the steps of the Capitol building to protest evictions. And then the Biden administration announced That in defiance of the Constitution of the United States, Joe Biden would simply declare an eviction moratorium, even if it would be struck down by the Supreme Court itself. And here's the thing. Why would you follow Cori Bush Bush down this primrose path at all? Cori Bush is terrible. Her policies are not in line with what the vast majority of Americans want. The entire Democratic Party has spent the last few months attempting, for example, to run headlong away from the defund the police sloganeering of people like Cori Bush and AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. And yet... When it comes to much of their policy, they seem to be following the lead of the squad. And every so often, Cory Bush will just Leroy Jenkins it. Right? Every so often the Democratic party be like, "Guys, we really we don't need to do this defund the police stuff cuz it's really it pulls really bad. You know, let's do let's do this policy stuff in the dead of night when not a lot of people are watching, but let's not campaign as overtly radical. Let's not do that." And then Cory Bush will be like, "Leroy Jenkins" and just rush in. You know, Face first. So that's what happened yesterday. Cori Bush was doing an interview and she declared that she wanted to defund the police, but she didn't just say that. She said, I pay for security. I have taxpayer funded security. I need security. But you, the regular people, you don't need police. We should defund the police. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to to allow that. So if I end up spending $200,000, if I spend $10, $10, $10 more on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. So in the exact same sentence where she says that she deserves $200,000 of security, she says that you should not have security. (laughs) Why are the Democrats following this? And here's the thing. I think the reason that the Democrats have decided that they're going to treat the squad and the radical left of their own party with respect is not really for electoral benefit so much as it is about the belief by the Democrats that anytime somebody on the right has a critique, the critique has to be false. There's a really interesting piece today over at a, a... Substack called the Liberal Patriot by a guy named Roy Teixeira. Now, Roy Teixeira is a major Democrat. Like, Roy Teixeira is one of the people who used to write essays about the browning of America and how demographic change was eventually going to lead to this magical democratic utopia. Well, now he is warning that Democrats are completely disconnected from reality, that they have fallen into what he calls the Fox News fallacy. Here's what he says. He says, the Fox News fallacy is having a dire effect on many Democrats. This is the idea that if Fox News Substitute here, the conservative bête noir of your choice, if you prefer, criticizes the Democrats for X. There must be absolutely nothing to X. And the job of Democrats is to assert that, loudly and often. The problem is that an issue is not necessarily completely invalid just because Fox News mentions it. That depends on the issue. If there's something to the issue and persuadable voters have real concerns, you will not allay those concerns by embracing the Fox News fallacy. In fact, you'll probably intensify them by giving such voters the impression that Democrats simply don't care about their concerns and will do nothing to address them. That will undermine the Democrats' ability to respond to predictable attacks against their candidates in 2022 and raise the likelihood of a midterm debacle. And he cites a few examples of this. One of them is crime. He points out that a lot of people on the right have been pointing out the rising crime rates in major cities around the United States. And yet Democrats continue to proclaim over and over and over again that there really is no big crime problem. That the crime problem is all just made up by the Fox News crowd. And this is not going to redound to the Democrats' benefit. Another example of what Roy Teixeira calls the Fox News fallacy is the immigration issue, he says. The Biden administration has resisted and still resists, calling the situation at the Mexican border a crisis and initially insisted that the surge at the border would go away on its own as the hot weather season arrived. This was the line most Democrats adhered to, invoking the idea the issue was more a Fox News talking point than a real problem. It's now apparent the border surge is not going away anytime soon and that the perceived liberalization of the border regime under the Biden administration has indeed spurred more migrants to try their luck at the border. And it's not going away with the hot weather. The Washington Post reports officials have made more than 1 million apprehensions at the southwest border this fiscal year as of June, 210,000 more individuals probably crossed in July. This is the highest monthly encounter number since fiscal year 2000. And there's a reason why Joe Biden's approval rating on immigration is now at 30%, 37% up, 52% down. He is only at 30% approval rating among independents, by the way. And critical race theory is another issue where Democrats are completely missing the boat. Because Republicans mention it, Democrats have decided that this is no longer worth concerning themselves over. There's almost a a, a sort of bizarre, it's it's, it's like a bizarre reverse psychology effect here that Democrats are falling prey to. The minute that Republicans say something is a problem, Democrats immediately declare that not only is it not a problem, it's something good. So if we say that the squad is, is completely radical and proposing policies that are ridiculous on their face, the Democrats say that we're making it up. And then the American people know we're not making it up because they have eyes, they have ears, they can see it happening. By the way, this also happens in reverse. right? This is not unique to the, to the left. The right, the right has this as well. If the left makes a criticism of the right that has some legitimacy to it, very often people on the right will just go, well, if the left is saying it, it must be false. Well, no, it might be false, but that doesn't mean it definitely is false. Right now for the Biden administration, however, they are falling into a real political trap here because they are so attached to the idea that Fox News is the font of all evil and shows like this one are not worth listening to and that anyone who disagrees with them is a vicious bigot. They're so attached to that idea that they're disregarding the fact that many, many Americans agree that their agenda has skewed far too radical. Right? As Roy Teixeira points out, this is certainly true with regard to critical race theory. Right? The, the, the American people do not like critical race theory the, the polling data shows this stuff is really, really unpopular. It's unpopular in Virginia. And Roy Teixeira concludes, Democrats who embrace the Fox News fallacy are inclined to believe there is no real issue here other than voters whipped up by Fox News who are simply opposed to teaching students about slavery and the like. That is a mistake and blinds Democrats to a real problem that is emerging. Generally, Democrats need to wean themselves away from the Fox News fallacy as a generic response to conservative attacks. This is exactly correct. But Democrats don't seem to be getting the message not with regard to the Cory Bush wing of the Democratic Party, and not with regard to COVID either. Because it turns out that a lot of the critiques from the right are steeped not in anti-vaxxerism. They are steeped in data. They are steeped in science. They're pointing out that there is a serious lack of data for much of, of what the left is calling for right now. And because the left doesn't like the right, they're just ignoring it. And they're pretending that they can dismiss all of that with the wave of a hand and everybody will just accept it. This is a bad political move for them. I mean, honestly, if they want to do it, Go for it. It's just going to make a lot of lives worse, and then they're just going to get the ass kicking they deserve come 2022. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about your sleep quality. Okay, so as you can tell, I'm not broadcasting from home. That means that my sleep quality has been garbage lately. That's because I am missing my Helix Sleep Mattress. I need my Helix Sleep Mattress. It is made just for me. It is personalized to this unbelievably Apollo-esque body. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete, matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique. Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. So, if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched to, the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store. Again, Helix is awesome. You don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by both GQ and Wired magazine. Just head on over to helixsleep.com. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They've got a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners right now at helixsleep.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now, helixsleep.com slash Ben. Okay, so the Democrats are not just falling for the Fox News fallacy, as Roy Teixeira puts it, when it comes to defunding the police, or when it comes to CRT, or when it comes to immigration. They're falling for it when it comes to COVID. So this morning, Nate Silver of 538, the sort of pollster extraordinaire, he put out this really sort of fascinating analysis of where the American public falls on COVID restrictions. And here is, here is what he says, and it's worthy of exploring because I, I basically agree with this analysis. He says that there are essentially five groups in American life when it comes to these COVID lockdowns. Group A, he says about 25% of the electorate. This would be like the hard left. This is vaccinated, but not ready for a return to normal and thinks society has opened up too fast. They're very worried about Delta in favor of any and all restrictions, including lockdowns and remote learning. Some of this group will transition into group B when and if cases start falling. Okay, group B is the biggest single group. It's about 30 percent. These are the vaccinated somewhat worried about Delta in favor of modest restrictions like indoor masking, especially if they target the unvaccinated. At the same time, they don't want to return to lockdowns, although some could drift into group A like they could be More hard on lockdowns if cases keep rising or if there are scary new variants. This is quickly becoming the consensus position among college educated elites. Okay, then there's Group C, about 15% of the population. This is the vaccinated but over the pandemic population and wary of restrictions, likely a mix of younger voters who don't vote at high rates and some center right libertarian types. Okay, I fall into this category, right? I am Group C. I'm vaccinated, I'm over the pandemic. I believe the science does not support continued lockdowns. Not only do I think that it doesn't support continued lockdowns, I think that as a public policy matter, we are now done. You know who agrees with me would be Dr. Marty McCary of Johns Hopkins University. He has an excellent piece over at U.S. News and World Report today. He points out that as a physician with a lot of experience dealing with patients who don't follow what we ask them to do, I believe you win more bees with honey than fire. He says the vaccines are so good at protecting against death from COVID-19, those who are immune can feel good about living life without having to worry about becoming severely ill. Vaccines downgrade, downgrade the infection to a mild seasonal virus, one we must learn to live with for years to come. Those who choose not to get vaccinated are making a poor health decision at their own individual risk. Again, this is Dr. Marty McCary. They pose no public health threat to those already immune. Would we be so stern toward people making similar or worse health choices to smoke, drink alcohol, or not wear a helmet when riding a bike? Over 85,000 Americans die annually from alcohol, yet we don't have the same public health fervor or requirements to save those lives. Let's encourage vaccination rather than activate the personal liberty culture wars that result in people becoming more entrenched in their opposition. Also says McCarry, the notion we have to vaccinate every living walking American and eventually every newborn in order to control the pandemic is based on the false assumption that the risk of dying from COVID-19 is equally distributed in the population. It's not. We've always known that. It's very hard for the virus to hurt someone who is young and healthy. That's still the case. While vaccine requirements for healthcare workers make sense, we'd never extend those requirements outside of healthcare for say the flu shot. We'd simply say to the public, those who avoid the flu shot do so at their own risk. Okay, this is the rational decision okay the rational decision here is to be part of what nate silver terms group c right to get vaccinated and then you're done and if someone else chooses not to get vaccinated it is no longer your business because you are now immune to dying from the virus on any baseline statistical level okay And then there is group d this is 25 percent of the population unvaccinated and strongly opposed to any restrictions right so that would be a lot of the trump rural voters for example who are like, listen, I was never that worried about the virus, or I'm young and healthy. I'm still not worried about the virus, and I'm not asking anything of you. By the way, the vast majority of people who are unvaccinated fall into Group D. And finally, Group E, the fifth group, Nate Silver, again, this is his breakdown. He said that's about 5% of the population. He says those are people who are unvaccinated, but in favor of other restrictions. Indeed, they may think such restrictions are necessary to protect them because they can't or won't get vaccinated. This group probably leans Democratic and working class. Right, so presumably that would be minority voters in major American cities, maybe, maybe. Okay, so here is the important part about this breakdown. What this breakdown suggests is that about 70% of the American population, 70% of the American population is against lockdowns, right? The biggest group is vaccinated and they're a little worried about Delta, but not super worried about Delta. And if they were actually given the information about how not dangerous Delta is to them as the vaccinated, they would be significantly less worried about Delta. They keep getting scared by the media into a belief that there's a variant right around the corner that is going to break through the vaccines at any moment. By the way, if there is, we cannot do anything to stop that in the United States. We can't. The Delta variant started in India. Before that, there was the Brazil variant, you'll recall. You'll recall that this original virus started in Wuhan. There are literally hundreds of millions of people who have this virus or have had this virus or who will get this virus. All there has to be is one group of people somewhere on earth who are not vaccinated in order for there to be a new variant possibility. Okay, so what does that mean? It means 70% of the American population, which is an overwhelming majority of Americans, are at least skeptical of lockdown policies and mask mandates and all the rest of this stuff. And that group, Group B, which is sort of, they're vaccinated, but they tend toward the cautious. If they really understood the stats, they really would not be in Group B, they would be in Group C, right? They would be vaccinated and they would be over it. Because that is the rational position as a vaccinated person. It is significantly less rational as a vaccinated person to be seriously worried about Delta. If you're a vaccinated person, you should not be seriously worried about Delta in terms of your own personal risk level. And by the way, in terms of the risk level to your children, because the stats on children being directly harmed by Delta are very, very skimpy, very skimpy. Remember, under 350 kids under the age of 18 in the United States have died of COVID, period, in the entire United States. By the way, if you go to like the age of 30, that's still only an additional 2,500 people. Those subpopulations are well in excess of 100 million people in the United States. Okay, so that means that seventy five percent, 70% of the population is just not in favor of these sorts of lockdowns and mask mandates or anything like that. But because the right is saying that, the left feels the need to ignore that 70% of the population or try to scare Group B, the vaccinated, who are somewhat cautious, into being Group A, vaccinated who want to lock down, which is the least understandable of any of these groups. I mean, that that position makes no sense. Vaccinated people who want lockdowns are just out of touch with reality at this point. They don't care about the science. They're not interested in the science. But it seems like our public health establishment are so angry at so much of the American population for being over it that they're just going to continue to try and scare people. They're falling into the Fox News fallacy just because people like me are on the right and people like me I've been encouraging vaccinations since day one. People like Ron DeSantis, DeSantis, been encouraging vaccinations since day one. Just because there are a lot of people on the right who are pro-vaccine and also believe that the vaccine frees you up for life and that if you're a responsible adult, you now get to make a decision, the left has decided that they are gonna go full lockdown. Hey, okay, this is why you have this heavy pressure campaign being brought with regard to the unvaccinated, right? So Anthony Fauci, the great and sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci, he spent the day ripping The unvaccinated and suggesting that they are going to be responsible for a brand new variant of Delta uh, and and that this is going to kill everybody. This is not effective. It's not. You know what? Honestly, you you start to see some upticks in the number of people who are getting vaccinated. You know why? Because people are assessing their personal risk factors and deciding that perhaps they ought to get vaccinated, not because they're getting shouted at by Dr. Anthony Fauci, but because people do risk mitigation. It's how humanity has survived for several hundred thousand years. Here's Anthony Fauci going hard after the unvaxxed anyway. My concern would be you may allow a variant that we haven't even recognized yet to come along and in fact be better at transmitting and more serious than the Delta. We haven't seen that yet. So rather than be worrying about these others that are around, let's make sure we don't let new ones come in. Well, are unvaccinated people the reason we're seeing these new strains and will an increase in vaccinations mitigate the virus morphing in multiple ways? Uh, Well, that's a good one because the answer is short. Yes. Okay, except for the fact that no matter how many vaccines you trench out in the United States, there's still going to be variants other places on Earth. Zero COVID is not a realistic goal. Fauci knows this. He's not saying that because that would suggest that we have basically reached the end of what we can do in terms of public policy, and he doesn't want to let go of it. He just does not want to let go of it. By the way, you're seeing companies start to mirror that group A, you know, that 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 group A sort of mentality, vaccinated but still in favor of lockdown. Amazon says it's now going to delay corporate employees returning to offices until next year. Next year, which is just madness at this point. And the average Amazon employee is probably 25 years old. Already in just one second. We're going to get to the continued paranoia surrounding the Delta variant and the the COVID wars. First, let's talk about the fact that your individual liberty is guaranteed, not just in the Constitution, but by the fact that there is a Second Amendment. That Second Amendment protects your liberty, protects your freedom, protects you from criminality. Our founding fathers knew this. So do the people over at Bravo Company Manufacturing. The people over at Bravo Company, MFG, support the right of responsible private individuals to have the access and ability to employ the same tools as civilian law enforcement as a means of defending ourselves, our loved ones, our communities, and our freedoms, should a threatening situation ever arise. BCM assumes that when a rifle leaves their shop, it will be used in a life-or-death situation by a responsible citizen, law enforcement officer, or soldier overseas, so quality is indeed of the utmost value to them. I know, because I have a BCM rifle, and that piece of machinery is just a gorgeous piece of machinery. It is the gun that I would use to protect my family if, God forbid, it came to that. As an American, you have the luxury of living in a free society where you can improve your life through education, religious exploration, open exchange of ideas, all of that protected by the Second Amendment. The folks at BCM know that. Head on over to bravocompanymfg.com. You can discover more about their products, special offers, upcoming news. That's bravocompanymfg.com. If you need more convincing, find out even more about BCM and the awesome people who make their products at youtube.com slash bravocompanyusa. Alrighty. So again, the, the point here is that for the left, one of the reasons this has become political is because it's just reactionary. So there's more and more of a push, like day in and day out, more and more of a push to lock people down, mask people up. This is not borne out by reality. Okay, right now there's this continued focus, for example, on Florida. You've noticed. Okay. And this this continued focus on Florida is largely because Joe Biden is very much afraid of Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida, who's a popular governor of Florida. The media every so often decide to focus in on a surge in Florida. They never focus on the overall death stats. Because if they did, they would realize that Florida, with the second oldest population in America, really the oldest because they're a very large state with a lot of old people, Florida currently ranks 26th in the death per million rate, as opposed to New York and New Jersey, which rank respectively two and one in the death per million rate. So instead, every time there's a Florida surge, the media cover it and then they yell at Ron DeSantis a lot. And Joe Biden jumped in on that. His suggestion, of course, is that if if there were just mask mandates in Florida, that would kill the spread. Okay, there's only one problem. There is no proof that mask mandates have done this anywhere. There is no proof that mask mandates are effective. That doesn't mean masks aren't effective. Masks may be effective in certain circumstances, although the reality is Delta, because it's so transmissible, there are serious questions about whether masking is even super effective with regard to this. I'm not saying that. Professor William Hazeltine, formerly of Harvard Medical School, is saying that. He's saying Delta is going right through surgical masks, for example. Another question you should ask when people come into your house to, or workmen come in, uh, are you vaccinated and are, will you wear your mask, please? I think that's another really important question for personal safety. Please wear your mask and hopefully it's an N95 mask because Delta has the propensity to go through some of the uh, uh, surgical masks, for example. It's not as uh, good protection as it used to be. You're spewing out a thousand times more virus than you did before. And so you need a tougher mask. Okay, by the way there's not a single child in America, right? When when they're talking about kids wearing masks in schools, kids are not wearing N95s. Kids are wearing cloth masks. I know my kids wore cloth masks all of last year. They wore it at summer camp this year as well because the camp they went to was hyperactive about this sort of stuff. Okay, but Joe Biden is targeting Ron DeSantis over this. So you remember a couple of days ago, he ripped DeSantis, DeSantis pushed back on him. Well, now Joe Biden forgot who Ron DeSantis is. Now, I'm just gonna play you this clip. I I think there's at least a 50-50 shot that Joe Biden is being honest and he literally does not remember who Ron DeSantis is. And that's not because he doesn't know who DeSantis is. It's because Joe Biden is not with us and has not been with us for, for quite some time. Here's the president of the United States. Paul DeSantis, who is using your words about don't be in the way. And he's saying, I am in the way to block too much interference from the federal government. Your response, Mr. President? Governor who? DeSantis. <laughs> Governor who? <laughs> oh, the, the guy that you were targeting you know, from the White House? Joe Biden has, has been losing that exchange, and so he has to do Governor Who. But again, this is a case where the left refuses to acknowledge the realities on the ground. One of those realities is that the R rate in Florida is apparently waning. The R rate is the reproduction rate of the particular virus. Okay, when there is a massive spread, that means that people are spreading it to more and more people. Okay, already, it seems as though Florida is now on the downslope of that. Now, that doesn't mean that infections are on the downslope in Florida. It means that infections in the next couple of weeks are likely to start declining and declining pretty markedly as they have in a wide variety of other countries already. In fact, Florida, Florida healthcare CEOs, they're already saying, like, despite the media coverage, that Florida hospitals are completely overwhelmed, there's no room, people are dying in the aisles. Okay, that's not true. Here are Florida healthcare CEOs yesterday talking about how, yes, of course, they're busier with COVID, they're seeing more cases, but they still have capacity. Our uh, ICUs, last time around, we running 40% of our inpatients. Right now, we're down to 25% of our inpatients in ICUs. Other hospitals in South Florida are seeing even less numbers than that, between 15 and 20 percent of their patient in ICUs. Well, Ron DeSantis points this out as well. He says the media is spreading misinformation about Florida being overwhelmed. He says Florida is not actually overwhelmed at this point. That doesn't mean that Florida hasn't had to shift capacity. But this is not like it was back during January, where the hospitals were actually in danger of being, you know, sort of in overflow territory. We've had seen significant increases in COVID patients. But as the CEO of Tampa General said, that's 10 to 15 percent of their total census. And it's important when the media is spreading this misinformation and actually lying, uh, it could deter someone from going in to get care for things like heart problems or stroke. And so all those CEOs said, we are treating everybody. We're open for business. You know, we're busier with COVID than we were six weeks ago. uh, But please come in and get care. Okay, the point here is that when it comes to the so-called Fox News fallacy being described by Roy Teixeira, when it comes to COVID, it's the DeSantis fallacy. Whatever DeSantis says must be treated by the media as though it is completely outrageous, even though a huge majority of Americans kind of agree with it. And again, if you take a look at that Nate Silver breakdown, again, you will see that 70% of Americans are pretty skeptical of a lot of the measures that are being recommended. And if that 30% of people who are like in favor of some mild measures, particularly for the unvaccinated? If they actually knew about their own risk factors, I have a feeling a lot of those people would be in my category of vaccinated. I'm done. Okay, but the left can't let go of it because Desantis is bad, and so you have CNN's national security analyst, for example, telling the unvaccinated that we should actually stop them from flying at this point. Um, one of one of the uh, the. CNN security analyst, he said, there's no such thing as a federal mandate, but the federal government can use carrots and sticks and privileges and burdens. One of the areas where it can do that is on airline travel because the U.S. government sets the rules and conditions for it. Here's the thing about airline travel. Airline travel has been pretty damn safe since the beginning of the pandemic. There there have been no data linking airline travel, like people getting COVID on planes. That is not, so far as we are aware, a main vector of transmission. And there have been multiple studies done on this. One of the reasons is because planes have excellent HEPA filters. They're, they're filtering the entire air of the plane, like every three or four minutes. So the, the the notion that we have to shut down air travel for the unvaccinated is really kind of silly. And particularly if you're doing that on behalf of the vaccinated, which is really silly. Also, you have people like, again, the DeSantis effect here, the Department of Education head, Miguel Cardona, saying that it's because of DeSantis that schools might shut down in Florida. Are you kidding? DeSantis is the only one who kept schools open. You guys shut down all the schools last year for no damned reason. You shut them down in California the entire year. You shut them down in New York for the entire year. You educated every kid from home, educated, in scare quotes, in Washington, D.C., for like the entire year. And it's Ron DeSantis who's going to shut down education? You literally had the CDC writing school reopening guidelines along with the American Federation of Teachers And putting in a bunch of anti-scientific nonsense and blatherskite about social distancing small children and having them use plexiglass. And it's Ron DeSantis who's going to shut. I mean, the the gaslighting here is really extraordinary. Here's the the Department of Education head, Miguel Cardona, going after DeSantis. Don't be the reason why schools are interrupted. Our our kids have suffered enough. Let's do what we know works. Let's do what we know works across the country. Uh, We shouldn't Get politics doesn't have a role in this. uh, Politics doesn't have a role in this? Really, doesn't it? You literally wrote the CDC guidance with help from people who want to continue to shut down the schools. The DeSantis effect, it's just the Fox News effect. That's all this is. That's all it is. And it's getting even worse. Now the Democrats have decided they're going to full scale embrace vaccine passports. In fact, MSNBC's Stephanie Rule, objective journalism, getting that hot, sticky journalism all over the place, she says, I don't even understand the argument against vaccine passports. Don't you, though? Like, I can explain it really, really quickly to you. It turns out that if you tell everybody who's vaccinated, they get to go all the special places, and everybody else who's unvaccinated has to hang out together, you're going to get a faster spread. Did you, do, you, do you understand? It's, it's, I did it in small words and short sentences so that you could understand. Here's Stephanie Rule saying she literally doesn't understand why a vaccine passport is a bad idea. By the way, Israel has been doing vaccine passports again. And Israel is um, is now going to full lockdown, probably, at the beginning of the holidays in September. Here is uh, Stephanie Rule. And I don't understand those who are against showing proof of vaccine. Have they never had to show their passport, show their ID, or take their kids to school? It makes no sense to me. Oh, my God. These are the exact same people who say that it's racism to make you show your ID to vote. So let, let's just get this straight. It's racism to make you show your ID to vote. Because black people apparently are incapable of getting a voter ID. But it's not racism to make people show their vaccine card if they are unvaccinated. Disproportionately, black people are unvaccinated in this country, particularly in major cities. You'll notice that there is a heavy crossover between black population in the United States and unvaccinated areas. There are two large groups of people in the U.S. who are not getting vaccinated at the same rates as everybody else. One is rural conservatives and the other is inner city minorities. Those are the two unvaccinated groups in the United States. Unvaccinated for wildly variant reasons, except that there's a common distrust of the government, I think, that, that runs through both. Pretty astonishing stuff. Meanwhile, Biden's COVID advisor, Jeffrey Zenz, he says that Yelp is now going to let businesses list their vaccination policies. This is, I've said before, I think this is a predicate to what comes next, which is this sort of social credit system where businesses are, are going to start basically carding you for a wide variety of social sins. This is just the beginning. Businesses know vaccinations are a way to keep their workers and customers safe and to keep their doors open. And today, Yelp is announcing a new feature that allows consumers to search for businesses with fully vaccinated workers, workers or businesses that require proof of vaccination to enter the business. Again, so much of this is just being driven by if Republicans oppose it, it must be good. The, the, the ultimate example of this was MSNBC's Chris Hayes. This was pretty hilarious. The other day, Chris Hayes attacked Marco Rubio for supposedly not pushing vaccines. Uh, there's only one problem with that, which is that he literally quoted Marco Rubio pushing vaccines. So Marco Rubio tweeted out, quote, Stop with the mask fetish. If you want to wear a mask as a courtesy to those around you or because you're in no mood to get even a little sick, go ahead. If you want your kids to mask in schools, that's your right. But we aren't going to mask your way out of this. right? And, um, and then he concluded that people should actually vaccinate. right? He, he, he finished by suggesting openly, he says, we're not going to mask your way out of this. And then he put up like an actual verbal statement in which he said at the very end that you should mask. Quote, the answer here is not masks. As I said, you're not going to mask your way out of this. The answer here is vaccines. Get vaccinated. That's the answer. Chris Hayes naturally tweeted, This is a really perfect example of the constant triangulating cowardice and whataboutism that's infected the entire party and movement. He can't just say, hey, get vaccinated, have to find some way to own the libs. Uh, No, Chris, I I have a feeling you're missing a mirror in your home. Um, He literally says get vaccinated, but you have to find a way to triangulate so as to blame Republicans for people not getting vaccinated, even when Republicans are telling people to get vaccinated. Okay, guys, if you want to keep going with the uh, Fox News fallacy, all you or the DeSantis fallacy, whatever you choose to call it. Enjoy yourselves, because it is not going to run down to your benefit. Already, in just one second, we'll get to the latest on Andrew Cuomo. Is he, will he stay, or will he go? I don't know. We'll get to that in one second. First, let us talk about the fact that if you want to sleep well, you need product from MyPillow. You guys hear me talk every week about how much I love the MyPillow product. Well now, my pillow is changing the game with their 6-piece towel set too. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailing for $109.99. For a limited time, you get all that stuff, the two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths for $39.99. That's 60% in savings. Always remember, all my pillow products come with a 60-day money back guarantee. So you've got nothing to lose. I promise you once you try these towels you're going to want to keep them. They come in a variety of colors and sizes. They're the best towels I have used in years. They are indeed fabulous. You've heard me talk about my pillows, amazing pillows and sheets. Well, now they've got the perfect towels as well. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code DAILYWIRE at checkout or call 800-651-1148. You'll receive this amazing 6-piece towel set for just 39.99. That's mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code DAILYWIRE. Call 1-800-651-1148. Use promo code DAILYWIRE. Go to MyPillow.com and make sure you use that promo code DAILYWIRE. Already in just one second, we'll get to the latest on Andrew Cuomo he killing old people and uh, and grabbing people's asses, but he's all out of old people. We'll get to that in just one second first. I have some bad news and I have some good news for you. The bad news is our own president is now playing authoritarian dictator while circumventing U.S. law to extend the eviction moratorium and admitting that he is doing so unconstitutionally. The good news is I wrote a book about this. So if you actually want to know what exactly is going on in this authoritarian moment, go pick up my book, The Authoritarian Moment. It now clocked in at number two on the publisher's weekly bestseller list, number three on the New York Times bestseller list. Authoritarianism is here. It is here not just in the form of some government policy. It is here in every institution you feel it. You feel it in your daily life. The authoritarian moment is how the institutions you deal with on a daily basis have been taken over by the woke and, more importantly, how you resist it, head on over to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or any other major bookseller. Get your copy right now The Authoritarian Moment. Leave a five-star review. Help get my book to number one on that New York Times bestseller list. It is very, very appreciated. Also, as the president begins to turn his back on the citizens of the country he swore to protect, there is no time more important to talk about the current state of the world politically, culturally, philosophically, over cigars and whiskey for the world to watch. And because we are so appreciative of everyone who tunes in to watch Daily Wire backstage, we're getting you in on the action. We are giving away a trip for two to come hang with us, your favorite Daily Wire host backstage here at our national studio. You can meet us all, tour the studios and offices, get a great swag bag of merch and watch us debate on the show live. You're going to want to hurry Today is indeed your very last chance. If you're not a member yet, head on over to dailywire.com backstage, enter code backstage in at checkout for 25% off your membership and get automatically entered to win one of the coolest trips you will ever take. This is the last chance today. Friday, August 6th, this is your last chance. Come hang with us backstage. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe, code backstage, get 25% off your membership and a chance to win the ultimate backstage experience right now. Also, We have a brand new show. I don't know if you heard it. It's called The Morning Wire. It is fantastic. It's nothing but the facts. It's been topping Apple and Spotify since its recent release. It is the only daily news podcast that values your time and the truth. We are working overtime to bring you the news you need to know, but we need your help to keep the facts trending toward number one. Subscribe now. To Morning Wire on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. It is brought to you by Daily Wire editor-in-chief John Bickley and co-host Georgia Howe. Morning Wire will wake you up with the latest developments in politics, sports, culture, and education, all with a heavy emphasis on the facts in 15 bite-sized minutes, perfect for your daily commute. So again, subscribe to Morning Wire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a beat. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. Tell the podcast platforms, conservative news belongs at number one on the charts, you're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty. Meanwhile, the big question regarding Andrew Cuomo is whether he will stay or whether he will go. So that's up to the legislature at this point because he ain't going nowhere. I mean, there is no way he is going to quit. There is no political upside to quitting in American politics anymore. That started with Bill Clinton. There is now no standard as to when a politician should resign, right? When a politician is caught in flagrant delicto. The typical history of that was that up until Bill Clinton, people just quit. Bill Clinton did not quit. He stuck around. He kind of, he kind of bulled his way forward through it. And he, uh, and he lived long enough to become a hero again with the Democratic Party base until the point where he became inconvenient. And then he was kind of jettisoned. And then he's still brought back from time to time when he is useful. And from that, politicians learned a very simple thing. Never resign. Right? Make them come and get you. And Andrew Cuomo is one of those politicians. And frankly, I don't blame him. You'll recall that Al Franken, the senator from Minnesota, he resigned after allegations that he was groping women during photo shoots and like grabbing their asses in the middle of photo lines and all of this sort of stuff. And, uh, and he resigned. And the real reason that he resigned was not because the Democrats had suddenly decided that ass-grabbery was a real problem. The reason that he resigned is because his resignation came right in the middle of the Roy Moore controversy in Alabama. And the idea that the Democrats were trying to push is that Democrats were really good at policing their own in the Me Too moment. But Republicans were really bad at it. Well, as it turns out, Franken resigned. And then the Republicans actually were pretty good at policing the Me Too moment with Roy Moore. He was nominated for the Senate, and then he lost. And now there was a, a senator from Alabama who was a Democrat right, named Doug Jones. So it turns out that was a waste. And ever since Al Franken has been trying to climb his way back into politics, he says now that he regrets having resigned in the first place. Well, the same thing applies to Andrew Cuomo. Well, now it looks like the New York State Assembly is going to start its impeachment investigation. They announced that on Thursday. According to FoxNews.com, the Assembly Judiciary Committee had law firm Davis Polk and Wardwell conduct an independent inquiry and have asked Cuomo to provide any materials he would like to submit on his own behalf as the investigation comes to an end. The firm told Cuomo, quote, we write to inform you that the committee's investigation is nearing completion and the Assembly will soon consider potential articles of impeachment against your client. Accordingly, we invite you to provide any additional evidence or written submissions you would like the committee to consider before its work concludes. The Assembly also stated its attorneys had issued a subpoena to Cuomo for materials related to their investigation, but that he hadn't turned anything over as of yet. Cuomo's senior advisor, again named Rich as a party, responded on Thursday, quote, The Assembly has said it is doing a full and thorough review of the complaints and has offered the governor and his team an opportunity to present facts and their perspective. The governor appreciates the opportunity. We will be cooperating. The Judiciary Committee for the New York State Assembly is set to meet on Monday. Once their investigation is finished, the 150-member assembly would have to pass an impeachment resolution with a simple majority of 76 votes for the matter to go to the state senate for a trial. Right now, there are already 80 assembly members on record expressing support for the impeachment. Normally, the trial would be heard by the senators, the seven judges on the New York Court of Appeals, and the lieutenant governor. If the governor is the one under impeachment, the lieutenant governor and president pro tem, who is currently the Senate majority leader, Andrea Stewart-Cousins, are excluded because they're in the line of succession. Two thirds of the court is needed to convict. That would be 46 votes. To date, there are 37 senators who have gone on record supporting the progression of the impeachment process. So this thing looks like it's sort of on nice edge and prominent Democrats who don't like Cuomo. And and here's the real thing. No one likes Cuomo, right? If you were popular, with his own party, the way that Ralph Northam was, or even Justin Fairfax in Virginia, he'd be fine. The problem is that Andrew Cuomo has spent the last several years crapping all over everyone in the Democratic Party, and now they are coming for their revenge. Democratic Representative Kathleen Rice, who's a representative on the federal level, she says it's time to get Cuomo out of there. The governor still has the same people around him who pretty much aided and abetted his behavior as the report uh, documents. And so the faster we get... Um, the governor out of office um, and, and all of those who worked for him and clean up the executive chamber, the better it's going to be for people who just want to work in government and work in public service. They shouldn't have to face going to a hostile, toxic work environment every day just to do their jobs. Hey, okay, Andrea Stewart-Cousins, who's the New York Senate Majority Leader, again, she won't be voting on this because she's in the line of succession. She says the Cuomo should resign because we can all see the writing on the wall at this point. I think so many people who are involved and we are watching it up close and we know uh, that this is not going to end well. Uh, This is why so many people are saying to the governor, step aside, resign now. Okay, so I have a question. Do we really think the principle has broken out here? Or do we think that it's just a good time for Democrats to jettison Cuomo? They got what they wanted out of him last year. Now he's no longer useful to them. And so now they're going to dump his body by the side of the road. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that when people say free, they should mean, you know, actually free. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last, rugged screen, quick charging battery, top tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. I challenge you to choose a company that actually shares your values. Let PureTalk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company. I've been using PureTalk for years at this point. I tell you, their coverage is excellent. I trust them. You can too. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company today. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Now, there could be something good that theoretically comes out of this. Maybe there's a new standard. Maybe the new standard is that there is willingness to impeach people inside your own party when there's a full scale documented investigation that demonstrates the guilt on a particular charge. And that's what it requires, because here's the problem. There's been this gray area for a long time and Biden illustrates it. Right. Because there have been allegations about Joe Biden from Tara Reid about him literally sexually assaulting her. And those were not taken supremely seriously. There was never a massive investigation, but he could rest on, on that, right? He could say there was never a massive investigation. She said something, I said something, that's pretty much it, so I'm not resigning. And nobody has really pressured him inside the Democratic Party to get out of the race. Kamala Harris did briefly, and then, of course, she flipped, and she just was like, I'll be his vice president now. You remember that. Okay, so what is the new standard? Well, if the new standard is that we go through the entire investigative procedure, and then we impeach, and under the threat of impeachment, people quit, I don't think that's a horrible standard. And I think, frankly, maybe that should be the new standard. But if the standard is just going to be that we discard politicians when they're no longer convenient, uh, then I'm about as cynical about this as it's possible to be. I, I do not think that politicians have suddenly grown spines uh, and have suddenly decided that they are, in fact, you know, folks who are, who are trustworthy on matters of morality. And okay, meanwhile, speaking of Joe Biden, I don't think it's any wonder that as Joe Biden engages in the sort of DeSantis fallacy and the Fox News fallacy, his approval ratings continue to tank. According to John Nolte, his fraudulency, Joe Biden, is doing a terrible job. Even the far-left fake pollsters of Quinnipiac couldn't juice their latest poll to lift him over 50% approval rating. Quinnipiac is wildly biased toward Biden, as Nolte points out. In 2020, Quinnipiac had Biden winning Florida by five, Trump won by three. They had Biden winning Ohio by four, Trump won by eight. Right, so Quinnipiac is very pro-Biden, and even they, can't get Biden over 50% over that hump. And meanwhile, the Democrats know they are wedded to Joe Biden because lurking in the background is the deeply unlikable, terrible politician, Kamala Harris. In fact, it's so bad over at Democratic Party HQ that they had basically an emergency meeting over the weekend to ask what can be done about Kamala Harris. How do you solve a problem like Kamala? They're all singing it. Here is what Axios reports, quote, A group of the Democratic Party's most influential women met for dinner at a home in the nation's capital last month to game out how to defend VP Kamala Harris and her chief of staff, Tina Flournoy, against a torrent of bad press. The host was Kiki McLean, Democratic public affairs expert, former advisor to both Clintons. Her guests included... Harris confidant Minion Moore, two former DNC officials, Donna Brazil and Leah Daughtry, Biden advisor and leader of his outside group, Stephanie Cutter, former Hillary Clinton spokeswoman and Democratic strategist, Adrienne Elrod and Karen Finney, and former Obama White House communications director Jennifer Palmieri. Nobody at the VP's office was at the dinner, but Harris is attuned to her outside network of supporters. Harris's office declined to comment on the dinner. The dinner had an urgent purpose, according to Axios. The operatives spent the dinner discussing how to fight back against negative perceptions, how to help Harris boost her national media footing. They're trying to figure out exactly how they help Harris, but they're having some problems. One of the sources said, many of us live through the Clinton campaign and want to help curb some of the gender dynamics in press coverage. It was like we've seen this before. It's subtle. When things aren't going well for a male politician, we ask very different questions, etc., etc. But bottom line is Democrats are scared bleepless about the possibility of Kamala Harris running in 2024. They are wedded, for better or worse, to the old man. The problem is the old man is engaging in that Fox News fallacy. He is engaging in radical policy day in and day out. He's undercutting the only reason why Americans like him in the first place, namely that he was supposed to be a houseplant. He is not being a houseplant, and it is not going to end well for him. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. First, you can't forget to end your week by checking out The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew shows every Friday. He has an exciting evening planned for you. Head on over to dailywire.com, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe, too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Koromina and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina, production assistant Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. John Bickley here, Daily Wire editor-in-chief. Wake up every morning with our new show, Morning Wire. On today's episode, the political war over COVID escalates, universities roll out new vaccine mandates, and a new bill proposes a universal basic income for Americans. Join us and get the facts first on the news you need to know with our show, Morning Wire.